He's back. That traveling troubadour of the soul, biblical imaginatist, author, husband, father, grandfather, and flower farm handyman, Michael Card returns for a Christmas conversation here at the Radio Backyard Fence. I have been looking forward to this conversation for months. When I first heard there was a change going on in Michael's life, and I wanted to find out more, today we're going to do that, and we're also going to enter into the Christmas story with some of Michael's music and his thoughts. Michael loves talking about the Bible. He loves talking about Jesus. He's written many songs and many books through the years which have taken us deeper into the heart of God's love for you and me. And I know there are many who have enjoyed our conversations through the years. I think today is going to be a special one. Let's get going, helping out. Ryan McConaughey is doing all things technical. Trisha is our producer. Gabby T is in the chair today. Anthony is answering your calls. Now here he is, more than 30 albums, more than two dozen books. He's hosted a radio program. He's penned such favorites as El Shaddai and Emmanuel and Joy in the Journey. The one, the only, from Tennessee, Michael <laughs> Card. Michael! Uh, third introduction. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to get to talk with you again. Um, yeah, same here. So I so first thing I have to ask you is that that storm that went through there over the weekend did that come close to you? No, it it actually parted and went right around my house. So uh, north and south of us there was there was damage, but it it barely the wind barely blew uh, huh. where we are. So God God was good to us, but uh, uh, we're mindful of the, uh, six people died in in Tennessee. Uh, from that storm. It was a horrible thing up in Clarksville. It was bad. Even Madison, where I grew up, uh, there was a lot of damage up there. So mindful of people that have, you know, suffered damage. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you made it through and that you could join us here today. And you're in Susan's craft room, you said before we started. (laughs) So just tell me, what what does a room look like? Well, it's a mess, actually. There's dried flowers hanging on the wall and I'm looking around at all of her different craft projects and uh it's uh but it's it's kind of a it's a beautiful mess she's uh <laughs> she has a flat she has a flower farm and uh and doing very well yeah now in the winter time now what goes on on the flower farm you don't have as much to do helping out right well technically the garden is closed. That's what we say. The garden is closed, but we still, you know, there's, she's starting seedlings and there's always something to do. I ground up a bunch of leaves the other day that she put on a couple of the rows and, um, there's, there's always something to do. Yeah. How's your truck running by the way? Awesome. I hit a deer or a deer actually hit me. Uh, but otherwise we're, we're doing good. The deer's not doing so well, but, uh, the truck's okay. <laughs> Did you have to? Did you did you pick him up and move him off the side, or what? What happened? He 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 was already on the side. It was just so tragic. I mean, it, and it was one of those things where I mean, I didn't even see him. He he yeah. kind of ran ran it. He literally ran into me. And uh, and get this, I go to the body shop here in Fairview, Tennessee. I don't I don't get into the body shop until Valentine's Day. Wow. Now, why are they why are they that busy? Are that many people hitting deer or yeah, I don't understand. It's the deer, yes, yeah, it's the season. <laughs> well, uh, I I just drove back from Minneapolis and and the number of deer that had been hit on the road, I mean every cup every mile or two there were a, a one or two deer. It's just tragic. I mean, I I, I love I mean they're gorgeous animals. Uh, I you know, 
you, you feel like maybe the road shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's hard. It's, if, boy, this is a, we could do just a whole program on you know cars and deers and and uh, yeah. It it sounds like well it wouldn't you know it wouldn't be that much damage, but yeah, it is because this is oh it big, can be big animals. Yeah, yeah, it can be. Um, so I was looking at the, at the internet, you know, they have this thing called the internet now and no. on what the internet, that? yeah, it was a social media thing. And it said this weekend is Michael's last in the studio recording that we're doing. The radio program is over. You can still hear it online, right. but it's the very last program. And I thought, oh right. no. I'm I'm going to miss out. Michael will never come back on with me. So you're obviously yeah. you're here today, right? Well, you know, in some ways this may be our last interview together, but I'm always game to talk to you, but I'm I'm guessing that in 6 months you won't be interested in talking to me. <laughs> Cuz I'm not, not in the I'm not in the thick of things anymore, right? I'm retired. Okay, and that and that was yeah. the other thing. So the the radio program ended and then I saw yeah. a post from someone that you work with. I think his name's Jason. You were in Minnesota yes. and Jason said this is our last biblical imagination, you know, the traveling and doing a, a concert at the end. This is the yeah. last one we're doing. So you're mm-hmm. you're hanging up the imagination, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, um I mean I I'm I'm retiring from traveling. Uh, I've, I've still got a book, a major book to write that I've been working on for years and years on all the details of Jesus life and what they mean. And that's going to take me a, a year or two more to write. And I still, I'm the Wednesday night Bible study guy at my little church here in uh, Fernvale, Tennessee. So I'm not, I'm not quitting. I'm not really retiring. I'm just not traveling anymore. Why did God tell you well, to stop? Well, you know, I'm really suspicious of people that say God told me. I've never liked that kind of mentality, but I I feel like life is seasonal. I'm 66 years old. I've got grandchildren that I need to pour my life into. I've got a, a local community here that I want to pour my life into. And uh, for 42 or three years, I've been traveling and and, you know, being on the road and doing conferences and concerts. And I, I feel like life is seasonal, and I feel like that season for me is over. And I would be bold to say God told me that, but I feel like that's the direction I'm being led into. I mean, if if we want to say God told me that, I, I just don't. I don't yeah. want to adopt that language because I, I He didn't tell me that uh, literally, but I feel like He's shown me that life is seasonal, and that season of my life is over. It's the impression. God gave me the impression. You see, you get by with it that way, and that way it's not direct revelation. Well, you know, and again, uh, you know, I say if if you want to hear God speak, open the Bible, and he's going to speak to you, you know, literally and and word for word. Uh, And there are people, I think, maybe who are more spiritual than I am that that hear God more clearly. Uh, But I, I do believe that I'm being led to to um to move into an, another season that's how i like to say it what does susan think of this she's totally for it um it means that i'm i'm working uh alongside her her flower farm here in misty vale flower farm in fernville tennessee um and uh, uh 
And I think, you know, like again, 43 years on the road of a hundred to 150 concerts a year. And, uh, she's, she's born that very well. And I think she's, uh, she embraces this new season as well. The season where we're going to be together more and we'll, we'll be able to pour into our grandchildren. We have six grandchildren and, um, and, and pour into the, the local community. So it sounds like this was not a hard decision at all. It was, it almost feels no. like there's a weight that's been lifted. Well, I don't know if it's a weight that's been lifted, but it, there's this assurance that I feel, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, tearfully thinking, oh, I'm not going to be on the road anymore. That season is over and I'm, I, I feel uh, satisfied and I'm thankful to God that he was, you know, he's so good to us. He, 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 he kept us safe all those years and, and showed us his favor all those years. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. I don't, I don't take that for granted. I asked Michael before we started here, what's his favorite Christmas song that he's written? And he said it was this one. So we're going to hear a little bit of Joseph's song and we'll take a break. We'll open the phone lines too. If you want to talk with him, Michael Cards, I guess, today at the Radio Backyard Fence. How could it be? Christmas. It's Michael Card with us today. Here's a song from his imagination about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Out in the stable yard, she sees a glow. Could it be angel light? How would she know? Shepherds stand wondering, afraid to in. But the baby that's born tonight will free them all to never fear again. As he lies in a cattle trough, she kneels by his side. Sweet baby, breathe in. Soft sounds of swallowing as soft fingers part. Marvelous memories, she pondered them and hid them in her heart. What her heart remembered, that's that song by Michael Card. And I was watching the the Belfast conference, uh, the concert that you did, Michael, and you were talking about that. How you went to your went to Susan? Is it what do you what do you remember about when the children mm-hmm. were little? And that's where you kind of got into the imagination of what it must have been like to be Mary. Yeah, yeah you know, is it Luke that has this that has that statement she, that she treasured these things and pondered them in her heart? And yeah, I asked Susan, what are, what were the things that you pondered? and treasured about, cause we had four, four children together. 
And she, she gave me all of the images that wound up in that song came from Susan. One of them was the, the fingers, the mm-hmm. fingers that go back and forth, you know, curling and uncurling. Right. And, and the toes too, uh, the, the kids do, especially when they're, when they're breastfeeding, mm-hmm. there's just this contentment. There's just yep. this, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, you could not want, it reminds me of Psalm 23, the, the Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing that I yeah. need other than him. And yeah. that's what a baby is uh, feeding at his mother or her mother's breast. Yeah, and they make this clicking sound, and in the in the song, I, I said it um, soft sounds of swallowing, but they make this little clicking sound when they're when they were, uh, you know, feeding, and it was uh, I don't know, and and again, I was trying to connect with Mary and all the things she treasured and pondered in her heart, and um, and I think it was those sorts of things, you know, the things that every mother treasures about having a you know a little baby. But there's a there's one thing that you go to in the song that is a little of is, is even deeper in the of imagination, and that is, mm-hmm. was there a cry that Mary heard of her yeah. son that she couldn't figure out what this is? Yeah, well, again, that came from Susan. Could Susan the baby would cry, and she would say, "Oh, that's his tired cry. Put him down." And then she'd cry again. It would sound identical to me. And she would say, well, that's his hungry cry. Bring him to me. Let me feed him. Um, and so I think it must have been the same with Jesus. Jesus had these different cries. Mary would understand that's his tired cry. That, that's his hungry cry. Oh, sorry, this is making me cry. But the, the song wonders, is there a cry that this little baby would have that even she in all of her, you know, love for him didn't recognize, you know, this, this cry of the of the son of God who, you know, came into the world and emptied himself. Why does that touch you? Uh, you know, just realizing this, what he, what was involved in him emptying himself and leaving paradise and, um, you know, becoming fully human. What, well, I can't, there aren't words for, I can't even imagine what that must have been, you know, it, at one point, Peter sort of reminds Jesus, hey, we left everything to follow you. <laughs> but Jesus left paradise. You know, he left this being in the immediate presence of his father to, to you know, to become flesh and to eventually sacrifice himself for us. Um, I just, there aren't words for for what that must have been like. And isn't this this time of year is just so, especially with even the, you say the seasons of life, you get to winter, this mm-hmm. is when things die, you know, this is yeah. when things, uh, depending on where you are in the country, you get colder and, and it just, if things turn to, the water turns hard, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. ice forms, snow comes. And so you just see this and then in the springtime, everything comes alive and the, just to think about the the shorter days, we have longer nights to, to ponder this. Mm-hmm. What God, the lengths to which God went to, to redeem a fallen, fallen yep. humanity. Yep, to be with us. What what did it cost him to be with us? And again, all Paul can say is he emptied himself. Um, but what must that have been like? 
there is a uh, there's a devotional that I read, and I really like it. And I have underlined so many of these uh, in here. But there's one part in the devotion where he says, the only thing that we offer God is basically our sin. We don't, we can't mm. give him anything. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. And yet, he, and, and, and part of me wants to push back on that, that there yeah. must be something that God gets out of this deal, you know, that God gets, you know, he gets our praise, he gets our, our yes. thanksgiving, he gets yep. um, our love, the, the glory, you know, that, mm-hmm. that comes from, you know, what was unsalvageable is saved and, and redeemed. Mm-hmm. So could, what, what do you think about that? No, I, you know, I agree. I, I think there, you know, again, you know, it ill behooves us to think that there's anything we offer, but, mm-hmm. but the truth is he, he pursues us. And what does he pursue us? He pursues us, I think for, you know, relationship. And so, you know, in our own fragmented and fallen way and very finite way, we uh, we love him, and we we you know give our lives, you know as as again as fragmented as they are, we give our lives to him, and he, I think he um, the way I say it, 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 Jesus would rather die than live without you, and he, he 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 even in his humanity in the gospel, he seeks out relationship uh, with the disciples. Now again, they they all disappoint him. They all you know they all. Um, deny him in one sense and flee and that sort of thing. Not just Peter, not just Judas. They all fail. But at the same time, eventually, they all, except for John, they all gave their lives, you know, for, for him. They were all martyred for him. And they, um, you know, uh, we we respond in a in a in a, a finite way. But I do think he longs for relationship. He, he loves us so much, he'd rather die than live without us. You know, what really encouraged me about that with the disciples, that they were, you know, so many foibles and, and yes. know, wrong turns, and they, they spent a lot of time with him and still didn't get him. What yep. that that's, uh, speaks to me of the authenticity of the Scriptures, because if yes. I'm his disciple and I, you know, I mess up— I ain't writing that down. <laughs> I'm not telling right, anybody right. about it. But that right. they if, if I'm making if I'm that. making this up, if I'm making this up, I make all of the disciples to be heroes. Yes. And they're not they're not. They're not. No, they're not. <laughs> and that I just no. and I love that. And and Jesus yes. loved them in the midst of yes. their failure. Okay, I haven't given you the phone right. number, but if you want to talk with Michael Card, 877-548-3675. Susan already had the number for some reason in Illinois. Susan, what do you want to say to Michael? Well, as soon as I heard you were going to allow callers to call in, I've had a thank you that I have wanted to state for so long. And I just want to, when you're talking about authenticity and seeking relationships, I just have to thank Michael Card because he did the Biblical Imagination series in our town at least twice. We went to both of them. My husband has ALS. He's ventilator dependent. He's on a, in a wheelchair. Mm. And mm. Michael, you're, you were just so sweet to seek out a relationship with us and to humble yourself mm. to even take us to our van and help us load our equipment carts and our and Mark and his wheelchair. And just thank you. Thank you for being an authentic, mm. um, loving and letting Jesus love us through you. And so mm. we appreciate that so much. And so I just I wanted people to know what a servant's heart you have, and 
So oh. thank you. <laughs> well, thank oh, thank you, Susan. I don't, I don't remember that specifically, but what I like to tell people is, do you see my mother sitting here on my shoulder? And my mother says, is your, is your arm broken? Help those people yeah. get that stuff in their car. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, and thank oh. you. And I'm loving this uh, discussion today. So wait a minute, let Susan, y'all go. How is your, how's your husband? He's doing great. He's been 35 wow. years plus on a ventilator, but his spirit mm. is wonderful. He can only um, move his eyes to communicate, and he uses a communication device in a scanner mode. So that's mm. getting harder and harder for him. But like I said, his favorite thing is just to write to friends and family and testify of how the Lord gives him joy in his life each and every day. Wow. Wow. You give well, him a thank big you. hug for us. His name is Mark. Oh, is that yeah. right, Susan? His name is Mark, yes. Yeah, okay. God bless you. Are you do you still have the van? We do. Okay. <laughs> All right. Michael? There's, if, even if you're well, not traveling, you can go up and help them. Well, and if, if you're if you're if you're listening in, you know, pray for Susan and Mark. Yes. Yeah. And and what a what a um, just a a heart full of that she wanted to reach out to you and to say that. Now you mentioned your mom too, and I heard yeah. something the other day, and it made me think of you. And it was this encouragement because I know that one of the big regrets that you had in your life was that your mom uh, couldn't live by herself and she was in a facility and you weren't there. And that really uh, still, you know, you you carry that, right? Yeah, my my mother died alone. And um, yeah. Somebody... uh, I won't say... I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a word for it, but um, my mother was so such an incredible person, and poor really gave up everything for her. She was a she was a great musician. She toured in a string quartet, played the violin, and uh, sold her violin to buy my father a birthday present the first year they were married. That's the kind of person my mother was. Wow. Yeah. And he bought her a bow. It, this is like the gift of the Magi. This, yeah. You know, she gets her hair cut off and he buys her a right. hairbrush. Right, right. Uh, right. So your mom, but I heard, and I, I don't remember, it just kind of sparked into my mind. I just want to encourage you. There was something somebody said on the program the other day, and it made me think of you that it was, I wish Michael could hear this because it would set him free from any kind of guilt and the the thing that's been, that you've, felt hang over you, but I, I yeah. don't know specifically what it was. When I figure it out, I'll tell you, okay? Well, I, I don't really feel guilt. I'm just sad. Of course, she was unconscious. She had been unconscious for a long time, and and the people at the facility didn't call us. You know, if they had called us, we'd have come. But the fact that she was alone when she died, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say I'll never forgive myself I, because, you know, that's not my business. Mm. But, um, you know, my, my mother deserved more. She deserved better than that. What do you remember about Christmas when you were a kid? Oh, I don't know. I have to think up about in Madison. that. Um, up in Madison. Yeah, Mad- yeah, up in Madison, Tennessee. And, and earlier in Inglewood, Tennessee, which is a little closer into Nashville. Um, I, I just think I, I remember more than anything, I remember music. Um, you know, there was always music in the house. Um, we were playing 
carols and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think it's probably music. I'm going to ask you, you know, I have to answer now, but I'm going okay. to ask you what your favorite song, Christmas song or hymn that you've not written, what that is. <laughs> so I want you to think about that. And then okay. I'm going to open the phone lines and you could talk with Michael, just like Susan did, 877-548-3675. We have some of his music that he has... Uh, sung through the years that he's written that we that many of you've sung in cantatas, many of you've sung at your churches uh, around this time of year. And if you go to chrisfabrylive.org, I think our featured resource today is The Nazarene, which is a great book to read uh, that you can go through this new in the new year as well. You can go through that devotionally. Of course, Hesed, we've got to talk about Hesed. That uh, mm-hmm. untranslatable word that you wrote a whole mm-hmm. book on. You wrote a lot bigger book than was published, but it's still mm-hmm. really, really, really good. So go to chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org, and you'll see that there, or 877-548-3675. Here's a little bit more of Michael Card. Can they understand that this baby... She's given him is theirs for a time. In truth, came to give himself the treasure and the ransom of mankind. Michael Card is with us today at the Radio Backyard Fence, and we're talking about Christmas and the people who populate the story of Jesus. We'll get right back to him. I mentioned to to Michael CareNet. I've been telling you the last few months about CareNet and what this gospel-infused ministry is doing to reach out to the church, to bring them alongside them so that they can reach into the lives and the hearts of women and men we're dealing with a crisis pregnancy. And I don't know if you've heard of the, the Making Life Disciples program. This is basically to equip churches to give compassion and help and hope and discipleship to the women and men who are considering abortion because they really believe that above, I mean, saving the baby is, is the number one goal. But right alongside with that, is to introduce the men and women in that in that crucible to the liberating love of Jesus for their lives. So, as I say here often, there's probably somebody in your life who needs to know about CareNet or someone you will know who needs to know about their ministry. Go to chrisfabrylive.org, click the green CareNet button, you'll find out more about them right there. chrisfabrylive.org and click CareNet today. You can't mention, you know, babies in the womb and not think about Jesus in his unborn state as a human being. And then John the Baptist and what happened between them, you know, when they met each other, both of them in utero. I mean, it's just a fantastic story, isn't it, Michael? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Diane's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Diane, why did you call today? 
I called because I don't know if uh, Michael remembers a couple of years ago at a, a women's conference in Pekoski, Michigan. Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, we were on break, and uh, he walked w- and talked with me and my friend Barb. We were outside, and I didn't realize how much he knew about astronomy. He pointed out a star or a planet, and um, we took pictures of it. And it was <laughs> he just explained that whole thing. And we were just <laughs> amazed that his knowledge of the universe and the planets, mm-hmm. and I want to thank him for that moment. Um, I'm surely going to miss him in retirement, but Michael, do you remember that? I think, I think I do. I think I remember that. Diana yes. And you, you had so much knowledge of that and we were just well, really just sucking it all up. Well, I, I worked in a planetarium for six years, so that's where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. And yeah. that was a star or a planet that you don't get to see very often. And and I would have never been aware of it, but you pointed it out. We were taking pictures of it and everything. Oh, very cool. Yeah, very. No, I think I remember that. Yeah, that was a good night. <laughs> but why did you, why that love, I mean, that you work there doesn't automatically mean that you become interested in astronomy. Um, there must have been something more than just, oh, I worked there. Well, I mean, I wish I could say I'm such a good person, but actually my assistantship uh, for my degree was in physics and astronomy, even though my degree was in biblical studies. I worked at the planetarium at Western Kentucky and a wonderful uh, director there, Paul Campbell, who has since gone home to be with the Lord. Um, no, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was uh, uh, a, good, a good time. Great sound system. You can actually put you. We could put in uh, tapes and crank them in the in the planetarium <laughs> when no one was, was in there listening to music. <laughs> did you ever? You didn't record anything in there, did you? Nah, I don't know if it would be a very good uh, environment to record in, but it sure was fun to you know put the stars on and then sort of let them rotate and then listen to music. It was a mm. it was a beautiful thing. Diane, I'm glad you called today. Thanks, Diane. Um, do you remember? Because in your the place where you live now is is different. You've lived in places where there's a lot of light. I think the apartment that you had when you moved in mm-hmm. off the farm and now to this place is this a lot darker at night without oh, yeah. any of the light clutter? Yeah, I was. It went down to 19 degrees last night, and I have this phobia of of the the pipes freezing. So I was up in you know, up all night kind of letting the faucets drip and making sure they didn't freeze and going outside to the the barn and different, different places and making sure the faucets weren't freezing and the stars were just absolutely glorious. Um, Jupiter is up right now. And then I think right before, right, right before sunrise, uh, Venus came. other than the sun and the moon is the brightest thing in the sky. So there's this in the sky last night and uh yeah i got to i got to see them i mean uh, you know you look at the sky and if you don't if you don't if you don't see those the stars and and have a a a, a sense of awe mm. for who god is as a creator to have you know uh, i don't know it, it there's just so beautiful we live in such a beautiful world even the tornadoes that we had uh yesterday we had this enormous black it was the blackest cloud i've ever seen in my life come over our house it was this enormous black cloud 
and I'm standing in the backyard. I'm thinking even even that is just so beautiful and so awesome that you know God has created such a, an amazing world. Awe inspiring. Yeah, yeah. Iswan is in Florida. Iswan, go right ahead. You're on with Michael Card. I think she's listening to the radio, so we bring her down. uh, I can't hear. Yeah, Um, we'll go back to Iswan. So the so we've gotten there. The 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 Magi. We we played. We will find him at the beginning of the program or the beginning Uh of the segment. There's a lot of We Three Kings of Orient art. That's probably not your favorite <laughs> no. Christmas hymn, right? No, the truth is, I mean, we think there are three wise men because there are three gifts. There could have been 300 wise men. We just don't know. I, I think there were certainly more than three. And um, the fact, to me, the fact that these magi, who were basically people who searched for wisdom and, and read all of the sacred texts and that sort of thing, that they still hadn't found what they, I mean, I wrote a song called We Will Find Him. They, mm-hmm. they still hadn't found what they were looking for, but yet when they, they took this journey that could have been years, a couple of years, to come to Jesus, and when they finally find this little baby sleeping in a, a cattle trough, they recognize that he's the one they've been looking for. That, that to me, is, ma- is amazing. You know, we, we found him. We found this person who is the wisdom of God. We're seekers after wisdom. And here's this little impoverished baby in a, in a trough. And somehow in their, in their intuitions, God told them, this is the one you've been looking for. That's, mm. w- you know, wow. <laughs> wow. <Yes>. Talk <laughs> about awe-inspiring. Okay, yeah. let's go back to uh, Florida. Iswan is ready. Hi, Iswan. Go right ahead. Hi, how are you doing, Chris? Doing great. I'm Hi. Calling, actually calling. Hi, Michael. I'm calling for my husband, really. Um, try not to cry, but uh, he's so precious to me. And um, he's always loved your music so much. Mm. And he's made sure to tell us, all his family knows that when he dies at his funeral, we are to play um, Joy in the Journey and The Lord is My Shepherd. Those are the two songs, and uh, also we have four children. They're adults, and they're having grand. We have grandchildren, but he's made sure to dance with all of them to Simeon's song, and now with his grandchildren, he makes sure he dances to Simeon's songs. You know, so anyway, it's been a blessing. Your music, he's a music lover, so your music has been a blessing to him and to our family. And I, I called in December because um, I was planning. Um, private event, thinking this plan a private event for his 60th birthday because he had a heart attack this past year. And I said, okay, he's never seen Michael Card. Let's see if we can get it done this year. But then they told me you were retiring this year. So I was mm. a little bit disappointed, but mm. I understand. <laughs> mm. um, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your music. And um, it's been a blessing to our family. Well, now, I don't understand. Has he gone home to be with the Lord, or is he still with us? No, 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 no. He's healthy. He's really good. He's listening right now. He's. Ah. Uh, I call him, I text him at work and say, you need to listen to <laughs> Chris Fabry on Moody Radio right now. But no, he's fine. He he, he was fine, but that's when that's scared. He's like, I said, you know, let's try yeah, to do okay. something really special, you know. And what, is, uh, uh, what is his first name? Lance. Lance, L-A-N-C-E? Right, right. Okay, Lance. 
all right, so you can't do this. You're not supposed to. If FCC says you're not supposed to do this, Michael. But why don't you say just a word to Lance, who's either listening now or is going to hear this in the podcast? Well, I mean, all I can say to Lance is God bless you. You know, be encouraged, good brother. And uh, your your wife uh, must really love you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a wonderful what a wonderful mate you found, Lance. Yeah. Oh, I wish we could. We should get in the. I should fly down there. We get in the in the VW van, and we'll just drive down <laughs> to Florida <laughs> and uh, knock on his door. That is really sweet, I Swan, for you to call mm-hmm. here today and to say that, uh, and that that Michael's made an impression on Lance. And uh, let, let's hear the end of "We Will Find Him," and then we'll take a quick break here. This is Michael Card Day on Chris Fabry Live. Hope you're enjoying this. listening today in Nashville. Carolyn, my favorite Carolyn in the whole world is Michael's sister, and she's <laughs> listening to the program. Oh, just awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Carolyn Howdy. Um, I do have to tell you, friends, we're two weeks from Christmas, so we're three weeks from the beginning of a, of a new year, and we need your support. We can't have these conversations unless you get involved with us, and many of you have throughout this year. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Partners, friends, uh, right now for the next three weeks, we have uh, three, two and change. We have the novel Saving Grayson as our thank you. And this is a story that I wrote, and I actually sent it to Michael Card. And Michael told me in the break that he liked it so much that he's coming out of retirement and he, he's, going, <laughs> he's got a symphony about Grayson. Is that true, Michael? No? Well, we're actually thinking about making a film, and I want to be the star. I want to, you know, act. and, and uh... <laughs> You want to be Grayson, Grayson Hayes. Uh, so you did get, the, you did get the, the, the book. You've memorized different chapters of it, too, right? Well, I mean, I'm just amazed, uh, you know— Fiction is really hard. I I wrote a novel and no no publisher wanted it. So I'm just so proud of you that you you do fiction so well. Yeah. Well, this this one rolled around my soul for a long time, and uh, mm-hmm. so they say you know people really respond to what moves you. This story moved me. I'd love to send it to mm-hmm. you. Give a gift of any size. ChrisFabryLive dot org or eight six six ninety five Fabry will send it to you. And uh, thank you for your support. There's, people are being so generous here at the end of the year, and I can't thank you enough. ChrisFabryLive.org or 866-95-FABRY. So I asked the question, um, what was your favorite Christmas hymn or song that you have not written? What's your answer? Mm-hmm. Well, I got to give uh, two. I can't give just one. <laughs> uh, I mean, Hark the Herald Angels Sing is kind of hard to— that. I mean, Wesley wrote the words and Mendelssohn wrote the music, but I think 
above that even, I mean, in the bleak midwinter, mm. I, I, I mean, I actually, I, I mean, I absolutely love that hymn. The, 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 the words, the, the, the mood of the music matches the mood of the words so well. And, and uh, James Taylor did an incredible version of it. I think that sort of brought it back to me. So yeah, I think it has to be in the bleak midwinter. Okay. But I, I yeah. go back to Hark, you know, this you, you, because you mentioned a little earlier, hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, yeah. what oh. he put aside, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays yeah. his glory by, born that man born no that more may die. Born that men no more may die. Yeah. Charles Wesley, something. not too shabby. Yeah. <laughs> not too shabby. <laughs> and, and, and Mendelssohn wrote the music. I mean, come on, come on. But did they did they ever retire? That's my big question. Did Mendelssohn retire? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Had to. Okay, so the big book that you're working on is about the details of the life of Jesus. Walk me yes. into that in the last few minutes here. Well, uh, here you know, in the I won't say towards the end of my life, but in this season of my life. Uh, what I've felt convicted to uh, to do is to know absolutely everything I can about the life of Jesus. I want to know every detail, every that can, everything that can be known about Jesus. I want to know. I want to know how many languages he spoke. I want to know how long it took him to walk from one place to another. Um, I want to know, um, you know, all the intimate moments in his life. Uh, and, and there, you know, the gospel is such a small part. Somebody told me, uh, a friend of mine, who's a mathematician said, if Jesus life is a hundred dollars, we have nine cents of it in the gospels. And it's such a small slice of his life that we have. And I just don't think there's any excuse for us not to know everything that there is to know about him that's in the gospels. And that's, that's what I'm, I'm busy doing now. Uh, I've been working about three or four years. I've got four huge, those, you know, four inch notebooks full of articles on his life. I've read 47 books on the life of Jesus. Did you know in the 19th century, 60,000 books were written on the life of Jesus? No. 60,000. Yeah. Well, that's what one of the articles I read said anyway. I mean, I haven't checked, but, um, you know, and John says the whole world couldn't contain the book that, that could be written about him. And uh, whenever I feel like, uh, you know, nobody wants to hear, you know, what, you know, what I would write, you know, there's so many books about him anyway. I think about that quote from John, you know, the the whole world couldn't contain the books that would be written about him. That's not, that's not a, a negative thing to say, stop writing books about him. That's just this, John is so amazed at the complexity and the richness of his life, um, and so that that's what I'm doing now, Chris. I'm I'm looking at every detail. What what does it mean that he's from Galilee? Because there there's a lot. It means a lot, actually. The Gal- Galilean Jewishness of Jesus is a big issue that uh, we we in American Christianity. I don't think we've we've uh, we've studied enough. Uh, the Jew just the Jewishness of Jesus is is so interesting. And what I've come to realize is that in many ways. He's the conservative. The Pharisees are the liberals. Jesus is the conservative. What does Moses say? You know, Jesus says, or go show yourself to the priests, or um, I don't know. In in many ways, he's the conservative. 
what does it mean? You know, that, uh, I don't know that, that, uh, um, I don't know. What does his life mean? What are the details of his life mean? That's what I'm all caught up in right now. And those questions, wouldn't you love to be able, and one day you will be able to just just sit next to Mary and say, so what was Mm. it like? And Joseph, I've always wondered about Joseph and when his life ended, it seems pretty clear that he's not in the picture. So he probably died at some point in in Jesus' formative years, you know? Well, you know, that's that's what they say. But at one point, and I just saw this the other day, and why haven't I seen this before? I mean, I've read the Gospels a million times. But at one point, they're in Capernaum, and the people in Capernaum say, you know, isn't this, you know, aren't his mother and, and mother and brothers here? Or aren't Joseph and Mary here? Or some, in, in, in some way, the people in Capernaum seem to understand or seem to have a knowledge of Joseph. So I, uh, what is, I don't know, what does that mean? I, I just think that, that the thing that impresses me about Joseph and Mary is what I call their immediate obedience. When the angel comes to them, they are immediately obedient to what the angel says, both of them. And I, I, I know I love them for that. And when the danger happens, when the dream comes and uh, you need to go and they go down to Egypt, it's, that's immediate yep. as well, right? Yep, they go. They go, right, right. They are, they are both immediately obedient. And I think, Jesus, obviously, they impress that upon Jesus because Jesus, of course, he's perfect, but his, his, immediate, his obedience to God is always immediate. Michael, you're a, you're just a treasure here, as the people have been <laughs> calling and and uh, and saying, and I agree with them. And I understand what you mean by seasons, and I understand where you're going with the retirement. But please come back and let's have some more conversations uh, before you f- stop doing everything. Okay. <laughs> I am always I am always glad and open and happy to talk to you, Chris. You're one of my heroes. Uh. There he is, Michael Card, and thank you for uh, allowing us into your car or your cubicle or your home or wherever you're listening to us today. Tell somebody else about the, uh, the conversation that we had at the back fence. And come on back tomorrow because here is Michael who's saying, I'm retiring. I'm not doing the music and the speaking thing out there traveling anymore. And tomorrow I've got a fellow who's just starting out, who's using some of his experience and the hard parts of his life to praise God with his music. You'll hear from Justin tomorrow here on Chris Fabry Live, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.